It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Traffic comes, but once a year, each tick of the clock, the time draws near, where there'll be hope for every team in the National Football League. Kuiper and Box Bump pave the way, predicting the names Kamish would say, Traffic's watching every day. Who are the prospects where they play? Now the Frankie's Box and Train. From Mobile 2 and D displays, seven rounds of fun. Whether it's Mr. Irrelevant or number one. It's the countdown to the NFL Draft. Welcome to the DC Podcast, brought to you by DraftCountdown.com. I'm Scott Wright, and today I'm going to be previewing the 2016 Senior Bowl by counting down the top five most interesting storylines that I'll be keeping an eye on in Mobile, Alabama this week. So let's get into it. Checking in at number five is Kansas State tight end, Glenn Gronkowski. So we might have another Gronk playing tight end in the NFL, but it's kind of an interesting situation. Gronkowski came out early as an underclassman, and I watched a couple of games on him and was very much used as a fullback uh, at Kansas State. In fact, I watched two games, and I think I saw him touch the ball maybe three times. Now, in, in his defense, one of them was a touchdown, and one of them he caught a big pass down the field. So when he did get the ball, he made something happen with it. It was just the opportunities were few and far between. And it's not even that he lined up in line as a blocking, blocking tight end at sometimes. No, when he blocked even, he did it from the backfield. And when he did move out to a, a, a different slot, he, was, he moved out into the slot, uh, excuse me. Uh, so it, it's going to be a, a pretty big change for him. And he's going to be used pretty differently this week than he did, was during his college career. So we're going to get a good opportunity to, to see what type of player he is. And, and he's very different from Rob Gronkowski. I think that's an important point to make. He's not this 6'7", 260-pound behemoth. He's, they list him at 6'3". I think they list him at like two, uh, I think 234, somewhere in that range. So he doesn't have the same length as Gronk. He doesn't have the same bulk. Um, he's kind of fringe size for a tight end. He's almost built more like an H-back, which is uh, what I assume they're going to uh, view him as uh, going into the draft. But Beyond just the big name Gronkowski and playing a new position, the reason I find this is intriguing is just because there's a lot of opportunity at tight end. Uh, I think that's one of the weakest, if not the weakest position in this draft. And and there's a a chance for a guy like Gronkowski, if he has a big week, to really make some money. So that's the first storyline I'm going to be taking on or checking out. Checking in at number five is Kansas State tight end, Glenn Gronkowski. The number four storyline I'm going to be watching is uh, Duke safety Jeremy Cash and this is a player a lot of buzz a lot of fans in the draft Nick community and, and rightfully so he's fun to watch on film but I have some question marks about him uh, and it, it comes down to his coverage ability when you watch him on film he operates playing forward more often than not he operates down in the box um, you, there are very few opportunities to see him work in deep coverage to to flip his hips and run uh, vertically downfield. And to be honest, the, the occasions there were, the results weren't great. Uh, I think I saw some pretty serious speed and athletic limitations there. And I'm going to be interested to not only see how he looks 
at the Senior Bowl this week, but also how is he going to test when uh, when he gets to the scouting combine? How well is he going to run? I I would not be shocked if he ran a really poor time, but maybe I'm wrong, and, and we're going to get the answers to those questions here in the next couple of months, and that's the value of events like the Senior Bowl, events like the scouting combine. So I haven't completely bought in on Jeremy Cash as much as some people, and I'm not sold that he might have to be a he might have to be a Dale Buchanan type of player uh, who's essentially a linebacker. Even though they listen to the safety, he basically plays an undersized linebacker role. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a valuable player. But um, I, I just think right, maybe Jeremy Cash was getting a little bit overhyped, and I think he could be exposed during this pre-draft process. But as I said, we'll see. We're going to get answers, and, that, and that's the beauty of it. The number three storyline that I'm going to be watching this week is. Players playing new positions, and that's always one of my favorite parts of the Senior Bowl is that we we kind of we, we see things on film and we think, oh, maybe this guy could do this, or maybe he's better suited to that. Once again, we're going to get the answers to those questions. Uh, and and kind of the, the classic example of that this year, I think, is uh, Miles Killebrew, a safety out of Southern Utah, small school prospect who, based on the measurables that we think he's going to put up, is pretty impressive. Uh, he's 6'1 and 7'8", 224 pounds, supposedly going to run in the 4'4s. So those are some nice numbers. But it's not to the same degree as Jeremy Cash, but there weren't as many opportunities you'd like to see him work purely in coverage and, and play that more of that traditional safety role. So uh, that's one thing I'm going to be watching for. Is he a strong safety? Is he a free safety? Is he a linebacker? Uh, I, I think we have some question marks to get answered on Miles Killebrew, and I'm going to be interested to see. Maybe he gets some reps at the linebacker position. Maybe not. Maybe he wants to focus on safety. We're going to find out. So keep an eye on that. Another guy who's going to be playing a new position to a degree is Reggie Reglin from Alabama. He's not making a dramatic change, but mostly played inside linebacker. He's going to get some reps at outside linebacker at the Senior Bowl, and I'm sure part of that is a financial motive uh, because outside linebackers get drafted higher and make more money than inside linebackers by and large. And um, I've been saying for a while, I wouldn't be surprised if Reglin slid a little further than most expect him to. I'm not saying he's going to free fall and I don't think he should. I think he's a heck of a player and I'm a fan. I just think history has shown us that inside linebackers tend to fall for every Luke Keekley who goes in the top 10 overall. There's two or three, E.J. Henderson's or James Laurinaitis's or D'Amico Ryan's it can go on and on. It's just not a, a prime position that, that teams are overly eager to invest a first-round pick on. And, and as I said, there are exceptions, and I certainly think Reggie Reglin grades out as a first-round pick. But uh, what would help him kind of secure that status and, and maybe help him move up a little bit is if he shows that he can play outside linebacker. And, and the biggest part of it, I think, is just we're going to get to see him move in space more, maybe play a little bit more out to the sidelines, and, and he's going to have an opportunity to answer some of the questions people have about his athleticism. I think the word you hear with Reggie Regland is, is stiff, uh, stiff hips. Uh, so, so I think that's going to be his opportunity to answer those questions this week. And then one other position player that I want to talk about, and he's already made the change, but it's Braxton Miller, the wide receiver from Ohio State. And I think it was a great move for him to, to make that switch to wide receiver for his senior season. Uh, why delay the inevitable? Get a head start on the process, get some experience, get some reps, get some game film on you playing that position. And uh, I, I think Braxton Miller took to that position like a fish to water. Uh, I, I think this is truly a case of a wide receiver who was playing quarterback rather than a, wide than a quarterback who's now playing wide receiver. I think he looked really natural, and I think he's just going to continue to impress throughout this pre-draft process. I have Braxton Miller as a top 50 player in this draft, and I think he's going to confirm that with his performance in Mobile. 
So the number two storyline that I'm looking forward to watching this week is who's going to emerge amongst the pass rushers and the blockers. And those are two positions where I think historically with the senior bowl, you see guys make some money. Uh, guys usually wind up standing out and moving up draft boards and, and start offensive tackle. Uh, that's a position where there's opportunity. Uh, I think we're going to see, of course, certainly Laramie Tunsil from Ole Miss, Ronnie Stanley from Notre Dame, Taylor Decker from Ohio State, even Jack Conklin from Michigan State. They're going to come off the board early, but who's five? I think there's probably four or five players kind of vying for that honor to be that fifth tackle. And I think whoever ends up as the fifth tackle is probably going to sneak into the first round. So uh, it's definitely, uh, there's some stakes. And and one sleeper for it is, is, in my opinion, is Joe Hag from North Dakota State. I think he's a guy because he uh, worked with Carson Wentz and people are doing so much work on his quarterback, he's going to get maybe more eyeballs on him than he normally would have. I think there's some opportunity for him in this draft. Player I've kind of pinpointed as uh, who I think maybe has the best chance to, to kind of secure that spot with the Senior Bowl week is Jason Spriggs from Indiana. Uh, a converted tight end. He's got a big linear frame. He's 6'6", about 300 pounds. They're a good athlete, outstanding feet. Not a dominant run blocker, but at the same time, the last two years, Tevin Coleman ran for 2,000 yards and Jordan Howard ran for like 1,500. So he must be doing something right to be paving the way for such productive rushing attack. Briggs is the one best position to maybe take advantage and, and seize the opportunity. Now, on the other side of the ball, pass rushers. That's a position where everybody's always looking for pass rushers, but there's a drop-off after Joey Bosa from Ohio State and DeForest Buckner from Oregon. Personally, I like Emmanuel Ogba from Oklahoma State. Some people like Shaq Lawson from Clemson. But the guy I'm keeping an eye on is Noah Spence from Eastern Kentucky. For those who aren't familiar with Spence's story, he was a big-time elite recruit coming out of high school, five-star, all the accolades. And early on when he had Ohio State, he looked like a certified stud. He looked like a future top 10 overall pick. Unfortunately, off the field issues. He, he failed some drug tests. Uh, and wound up getting suspended from being able to play by the Big Ten, which uh, necessitated a transfer. Wound up going to Eastern Kentucky, where he'd be eligible immediately, and and had a really good junior season. Uh, he he did what you'd expect a talent like that to do at Eastern Kentucky. Uh, and I guess my biggest knock on him it was the motor didn't run all of the time at Eastern Kentucky. Uh, on the money downs where he could pin his ears back and get after the quarterback and make those flash plays. He gave 100% effort and went all out. And he does have a good motor. But on the non-money plays, maybe it was a run on the other side of the field, what have you, I think he could have shown a little better, better effort. So I'd like to see some, some more consistent effort from him. But this is a big-time talent. Uh, reminds me of Justin Houston, the type of player he is. Could project a defensive end or outside linebacker. He's 6'2 and a quarter, 261 pounds. He's going to run well. He's not going to put up a freakish time. He's not going to run a 4-4, but he's going to run really well for a guy that size. And what I think makes him special is the combination of the, the speed and the athleticism, but then when you factor in the power along with it. And uh, just a, a dynamic pass rusher off the edge. And uh, Noah Spence, there's no doubt he is a top half of the first round type of talent. It's just all about getting comfortable with him off the field and his character. I, I think he's going to show up in the practices in the game. I think he's going to get the job done in that regard because, as I said, I don't have any questions about him on the field. But the biggest part of this week for Noah Spence is off the field. Is he going to be able to convince these decision makers and scouts that 
that they should take a risk on him, that he's put his troubles behind him. They want to look him in the eye and ask, well, what happened? What have you changed in your life to make sure it doesn't happen again? Things of that nature. But there's an opportunity for a pass rusher, too. Uh, in the back end of the top 10, early teens, Noah Spence has the talent to go there. If you can get comfortable with him as a person, he could go that high. And so this is a big week for Shaq, for, excuse me, for Noah Spence to see what, how early he's going to come off the board. Uh, and it, it, maybe the, the, the biggest prospect situation like this since Janoris Jenkins was there, and Jenkins wound up slipping to, I think, the early to middle portion of round two. I think Spence is going to go higher just because uh, he's a better player and at a more premium position. And last but not least, the number one storyline I'm going to be keeping an eye on this week for the 2016 Senior Bowl, you probably know it's coming, North Dakota State quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, the, the buzz and, and hype have reached epic proportions. Uh, people are really getting on board. And, and I think it's start, best to start off by clarifying, it's not that Carson Wentz came out of nowhere and two weeks ago nobody knew who he was and now he's being talked about as a top 10 overall pick. Not the case at all. Not the case at all. Uh, in fact, I think at the end of last year's NFL draft telecast, I think I recall Brian or Bill Polian, excuse me, saying something to the effect of, "Well, wait, wait for the North Dakota State kid next year," or something like that. So he's been on the radar plenty, uh, and and he did fly under the radar to a degree as a senior, just because he got hurt and he missed some time. And then, of course, he came back for that FDS national championship game, had a sterling performance, helped lead the Bison to their fifth straight national championship. Uh, and, and, and really, I think that is where it started. People kind of became acquainted with him and, and, and started to fall in love. And there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like about Carson Wentz. It's not overblown for him to go in the first round. Uh, he checks all of the boxes in terms of the physical tools, the intangibles. The one big question that people have on Wentz is the level of competition, and he's going to have the opportunity to answer that this week. And, and I think as kind of a, a, a side note with Carson Wentz, once again, it's not just on the field how he's going to handle the upgrading competition, but how is he going to handle the spotlight off the field? What if he gets drafted by the Los Angeles Rams and all of a sudden he's the quarterback in Los Angeles? That's going to be a lot to deal with. That's going to be a bright light. And it's not going to be – this Senior Bowl week, the media attention isn't going to be anything near what it would be if he was the quarterback in New York or L.A. or somewhere like that. But at the same time, it's a lot more than what he's accustomed to at North Dakota State. He's going to be have people pulling at him from all different angles, uh, trying to get a minute of his time, whether it be the scouts, whether it be media, and he's going to have, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it, how he balances it. Can he do that stuff and also take care of what he needs to take care of on the field to make sure he knows the playbook and can excel in the practices and, and perform well in the game. So this is a really big week for Carson Wentz and, we know there's teams that need quarterbacks in the first round, and there aren't enough quarterbacks to go around. Uh, Paxton Lynch from Memphis and Jared Goff from Cal are going to come off the board in the top 10 overall. And what happens to that third team? What do you do if you're the Eagles or the Rams or the Texans or who knows who else? If you need a quarterback, Carson Wentz is probably going to be as good of a guy to take a risk on as anybody. And, and I think these teams that are, like I like to call them, in quarterback purgatory, like the Texans and the Rams, where they have – talent. It's not like the, the cover is completely bare. They have a lot of the pieces in place. They're just wish, missing that one most important, crucial component, which is the quarterback. And, and I think teams want to talk themselves into Carson Wentz. Uh, because as I said, he has everything you look for. On paper, it, it all looks good. It all checks out. I think they just want him to make them feel a little more comfortable with his performance at the Senior Bowl this week. Come out, look like you belong, 
play well, and I think they're going to feel a lot more comfortable taking him in the top 20, top 25 overall. Who knows? Maybe even higher. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. I want to see how he performs this week. Uh, and and if, if he'll be moving up my board if he has a strong senior bowl week, just like everybody else. But I haven't put him in my top 10 overall yet like some people. I think there's still some questions to be answered before I'm ready to, to quite go out on that limb, So especially at such an important position. But it's going to be really interesting to see Carson Wentz. And uh, I have to imagine he's going to be about as big of a star at the Senior Bowl week as uh, there's been since maybe Tim Tebow was there. Uh, it's, it's going to be pretty wild. It's going to be a great test for him both on and off the field. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And be sure to subscribe to the Draft Countdown podcast to get all the latest episodes as soon as they're available. And with that, I'm going to call it a show. And right now there are 93 days, 9 hours, 42 minutes and 12 seconds left until the 2016 NFL Draft. Tick tock. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.